It's an exciting, exciting time to be a Chiefs fan because legal tampering has begun. Let's talk some free agency, guys. Welcome to the Chief in the North podcast, the land of 10,000 takes. I'm your host, Minnesota Chiefs fan, or Seth Kaiser, and it is the time for legal tampering. You can now legally tamper, as opposed to all the illegal tampering every team in the league was already doing, and we all know it, but whatever. Apparently only the Chiefs lose, you know, high-level picks for such things. I'm not bitter. I'm just, you know... Well, I'm bitter, I guess. That really, that really is the right word for it. As I record right now, it is 9.40 in the morning on legal tampering day. And so I have no idea what's going to change between now and the time that you hear this. But it's one of those times where you're just going to sit there and just refresh Twitter over and over. It's a great time of the year. I enjoy this stuff. And for the first time in years, the Chiefs could actually be players. And so what I want to talk about uh, for this free agency edition of the Chief of the North. I want to talk about why I think the Chiefs should be players, some guys I'd like them to sign on offense, some guys I'd like them to sign on defense, and then after that, we'll take a few mailbag questions, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a day, and we can all get back to refreshing Twitter continuously. I'm going to try to get this out to you guys as soon as possible to where you'll be listening to it same day, but it is an exciting time. Even as I... Even as I as I record, I'm going to be checking Twitter. So if there's like this moment of complete silence, that's because I'm just checking Twitter, guys. And what great podcasting that makes, the dead air of me checking Twitter. So here's the deal. I mentioned I think the Chiefs can and should be players. Well, for the first time in a long time, the Chiefs have some cap space. They haven't the last couple years. Now, that hasn't stopped them from making a few signings, although last year they really didn't. They did get Benny Logan, but that was more of a mid-tier kind of thing. Before that, they did get Jeremy Macklin, and they did get Mitch Schwartz, although if you got to flip-flop the years there. So they have every year, even under Dorsey, they made at least one decent level signing, even when they were way up against the cap. Well, this year, because of Alex Smith being cut, Ron Parker being cut, DJ not contract not being renewed, Tom Bahali's anticipated release or retirement. The Chiefs are going to have some actual money to play around with. I'm hoping they'll be players, and here's why. I've talked about this before, but right now you've got Patrick Mahomes in the second year of his rookie contract. He's never going to be cheaper than he is right now. And so this is the time to go all in if you're me. I know some people think that they should save money and then roll over cap space and really go all in in 2019, but I don't like the way the timing works out for that. Because if you sign guys to big deals in 2019... Unless you front load all of them, which even if they roll over cap space can be tough to do, you're still going to have guys that are getting paid big money and still on guaranteed money when Patrick Mahomes needs to get paid. And so I don't like the way those contracts intertwine. I think this is the last year you can really get someone on a four-year deal and not have it screw with Patrick Mahomes' re-signing, which I know it's crazy we're thinking that far ahead, but I think he's going to be a star, which means he's going to break the bank eventually. And then also, for me... The Chiefs have a playoff caliber roster, which means they can compete. Even with their lousy defense last year, they've still got the pieces in place that if they just add a few pieces to the defense, the defense should be at least average, and they've got a good enough offense to carry the team. And so to me, when you've got a playoff level roster, that is not the time to rebuild. That's the time to reload and continue to try to compete. And so this, to me, you go all in. And you try to win a Super Bowl this year. You try to follow the model that the Seahawks presented years ago when you've got a guy on a rookie deal. That's when you go all in and you spend everywhere else. And so 
we're going to talk about that, and uh, we're going to... Yeah, like I said, I might be doing live updates. Uh, free agency technically starts in 80 minutes as of the time of this recording. So we're going to see what happens. Um, like I said, Anthony Sherman's been resigned. That I'm glad about. Hopefully they didn't break the bank on him, but I think he's an important guy. Maybe he'll even get the ball a little bit more this year. We'll see what happens. So I've explained why I think they should be players. On offense, less so. I'm not too concerned about the offense. The offense was very it was top 10 in DVOA. I think it might have even been top 5 or 6. And that was with some struggles during the year that, personally, I put more on the quarterback than anyone else. Now, do I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be a star his first year? I think there's a chance for it. But I do think he will be able to avoid maybe having the offense have quite the lows that it had with Alex Smith. Now... I think he'll probably turn the ball over more because Alex Smith turns the ball over at basically a league low rate. But I think the offense as a whole will be a little more consistent because I think Mahomes is a guy that over the course of a full game can make a few more plays when other things are collapsing. So I think the offense is, as constructed, relatively okay. And actually beyond okay, I think it's in position to be very, very good. You've got continuity on the O-line. You've got Travis Kelsey. You've got Tyreek Hill. Um, who have now been in the system for multiple years. You've got a bunch of guys who have been in the system for multiple years, um, even guys that maybe struggled a little bit last year, like Demarcus Robinson, or guys who didn't make an impact like Chesson have now been in for another year. They've, you've got Kareem Hunt in for another year. They've got the nucleus for a very, very, very good offense. That said, there are I'm warming to the idea of doubling down with the passing game. And here's why. The Chiefs... As the year went on last year, they presented more and more spread looks. They had multiple empty sets that you'd see um, as you watch games, especially later in the year, where they were going like five wide with an empty backfield. And then sometimes, because Kareem Hunt has skill as a receiver, sometimes they would have him line up as a receiver and then maybe motion him into the backfield, depending on what the defense was doing. And I think they're going to keep doing that. In fact, I hope they keep doing that, because in today's NFL, that is the best way to have a good offense. Belichick and the, and the Patriots have been ahead of the game in this for years by running empty sets or running spread offenses. The best way to neutralize a pass rush in today's NFL with the, with the illegal contact rules and that kind of stuff is to spread out the defense and get rid of the ball in under 2.5 seconds. If you can do that, you will neutralize almost any pass rush. That is just a fact because most sacks occur in over 2.5 seconds. All but I think about 20 last year did. And so if you can get rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds, you're fine. So adding another receiver, especially because it's looking more and more like Albert Wilson's going to hit free agency, which I don't think that is an incredible... I don't think I don't think that's an incredible loss, but he's a guy who knows the system. He was a guy who was able to to help out a little bit last year, and so with him being gone, I would like to see someone there to fill his spot. I don't necessarily trust Robinson. Now, if Reed does, or if he trusts Chesson or Kemp or whoever else they got in place, hey, fine, fair enough. But it would be kind of nice. And one name the Chiefs have actually been linked to, and this is I've heard repeatedly that they're in the market for a wide receiver, and so. One name they've actually been linked to is Sammy Watkins, which is surprising because he's a bigger name and he may cost a little bit of money and he obviously his production hasn't matched his talent over his career. Although I would argue that he's done fairly well in limited circumstances. Um, so I, 
I was thinking more and more and more about this, whether or not I'd be okay with a Sammy Watkins signing, um, especially if he costs, you know, between eight, nine million a year. I mean, I don't know what that contract looked like. The more I thought about it, the more okay I became with it. Because as I when I was watching the playoffs, what I generally found was that great offenses in today's NFL beat great defenses. Now you can tell me, oh well the Eagles beat the Patriots, but that wasn't really because of their defense. They made a few plays down the stretch, but the Patriots still put up like nine million points on them. If I recall, it was the most yards in any NFL game in history was in the Super Bowl. The offenses were going off. And in today's NFL, with the rules the way they are, a great passing attack is something that can be consistent. Um, the old rules are a little bit dead. The Chiefs have Kareem Hunt to keep the rushing game alive. And so with the Chiefs' defense struggling and maybe only at best being able to be average this year, and I think they will be if they just add one or two pieces and then fill in the roster around it because I think they had a lot of dead weight last year. I think that you could have a team that the offense carries in, but the defense is at least average. Don't talk to me about Dick Vermeil's defense. Don't do it, because I'm not talking about having a lousy defense. That's what the Chiefs had last year. I'm talking about having an average defense. If you'd given Vermeil's team an average defense with playmakers like Houston and Eric Berry and Chris Jones and Reggie Ragland and, Ka- and Kendall Fuller, that team would have won a Super Bowl. This Chiefs defense already has substantially more talent than that 2003 defense had, so that is not a good comparison. I promise. I swear. I'm not lying to you. So... I wouldn't mind doubling down on offense. And if they're going to go for it, well, you might as well go for it. And so my two tier one guys that I would have them go for, I don't include Allen Robinson because I think he's going to break the bank completely. I would go with Sammy Watkins. If they're looking to spend, hey, go for it. You might as well grab a guy who's a great vertical threat. Um, His production has not matched his talent because he got hurt in 2015. 2016, 2017, he was added to the Rams right before the year started, and that's a that's an offense that is very specifically run. Let me just say that. But he is a great vertical threat. He's got a ton of talent. He's able to separate on his own. He's got good hands. I think he could do a lot of good things in this offense, and I think you put him on the other side of the field from Tyreek Hill, you've got a pair of vertical threats that are terrifying and could really spread out the offense. I think if you added a Watkins, I think you could see Travis Kelsey go for 14, 1500 yards this next year because teams are not going to have a lot of good options so I could see them doing that and you know that it would make me happy Um, it would be fun to watch you know like an air raid uh, NFL version it could be fun Another guy that I would keep an eye on would be Paul Richardson out of Seattle. Um, he, I would consider him more of a tier one guy because he's talented and because he's productive. Um, I don't think he would be quite as expensive, although he arguably might be more because he was more productive last year. But those are my two tier one guys. Richardson can operate out of the slot, which is something the Chiefs need. Um, he's a pretty versatile guy. He can make good contested catches down the field. So we'll see, and a lot depends on what the Chiefs think of Chris Conley, who's going to be in a contract year this year. So we'll see what happens there. I wouldn't hate it. There's some Tier 2 guys there. I personally would have them would look at Kendall Wright or even Eric Decker as guys that you could bring in for a couple years and play well from the slot and contribute at an average level. Another guy that I would be interested in would be even Danny Amendola as a one- or two-year Band-Aid. The problem with him, obviously, is injury concerns. He can still play. The playoffs showed that. The issue is whether or not he can stay healthy for a full season like he did last year. But I wouldn't hate him being signed either. And so the the only other place that I would really look to go as far as the offense goes would be tight end. 
At least with regards to free agency. Yeah, I mean, look, if they sign, you know, Norwell or something like that at left guard, I'm not going to complain. I would be surprised if they broke the bank on the line, though, considering they've already got so much money invested in it. And so I would I would take a look at tight end. And in particular, there's, there's one guy the Bengals are letting test in free agency is uh, Tyler Efert. Now, Efert's an interesting case. He has just not been able to stay healthy. When he's healthy, he's an exceptional player, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He could be a prime candidate for a one-year prove-it deal, and I think that would be a really good direction to go. I've had a lot of people ask me about Jimmy Graham. No, I wouldn't sign Jimmy Graham, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but partly I just don't think he is what he was. And despite having good Renzo numbers last year, he just isn't the dominant force that I think people believe him to be. But I do think Efert might be an interesting direction to go if you're looking for a guy to plug and play in the offense on a one-year prove-it deal that doesn't break the bank. Now, that really is it as far as offense goes with me. Maybe look at tight end just a little bit. Um, but for the most part, to me, free agency is all about the defense. The offense is already very, very good. And so I'm not really too worried about it. If they decide to sign a wide receiver to really kind of double down on the offense, great. If they decide to do a tight end, great. But for me, it's all about the defense. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to chat about the the defense, some guys that I would sign. And yes, it's going to be very aggressive because that's where I think the Chiefs are at. And then we'll take some mailbag questions and we'll get back to refreshing Twitter endlessly. So we'll do all that right after this. All right. We're talking free agency. We're talking the Chiefs. I'm excited. This is just... this. I love this stuff. There's a reason everyone loves the franchise mode in Madden, right? This is the time that we live for. And so... We're talking defense. That was obviously a, a problem for the Chiefs last season. They, they, they struggled to cover. They struggled against the run. It was just ugly. We saw some, some weaknesses rear their heads at crucial times during crucial games. Now, I would argue that the offense faltering in certain games hurt them too, but the reality was unless the offense was performing well, generally speaking, the defense struggled. Now, it varied from game to game. The defense had a few good games where the offense struggled, like the second Raiders game and the first Chargers game, but generally speaking, the defense was the by far the weaker of the two units, and I think they need to shore that up. And for me, Based on who's available and based on the specific weaknesses on the defense, for me, that would start up front. Right now, after having a full offseason of going in saying, you know, I just don't like what's available along the defensive line that much, now I'm thinking there might be a few guys out there that could really, really help up front. And so... For the Chiefs, now, one thing I want to say, people get hung up in 34 versus 43 defensive players. I got to tell you, that matters a lot less than people think. What matters is, you know, one tech, zero tech, three tech, five tech. Where are you lining up and what is your job? And those can be very similar. You know, there are nose tackles in a 34, in a, in a 43 defense. And I think people sometimes lose that in translation. In addition to the fact that, a lot of teams, including the Chiefs, spend 65-70% of their time in nickel defenses. And so they end up with just four guys up front anyway. So I wouldn't get too caught up in 34-43 designations. So the Chiefs have met with Mo Wilkerson. We haven't heard anything since. It sounds like he's doing a tour and there's a lot of teams interested. So he might be expensive. That's a little troubling for me because the last time he got a huge contract, his play went downhill. Um, he still was a good player last year, but he wasn't a great player by any stretch of the imagination. He was a good pass rusher. He's good against the run, but again, not great. The The thing with him is the ceiling. We've seen him be a great player. The problem is you got to be concerned about motivation with him because when he 
he signed a big contract. He didn't vanish, but he definitely wasn't the world-destroying force of nature that he used to be. And so, for me, that's a tough guy to get on board with unless it's for a one- or two-year prove-it deal. And if he's got multiple teams interested, he may not have to do that. But he is definitely a guy I would go after. And the big reason for that is this. The Chiefs struggled with their pass rush at times last year, at least with consistency, because when you only have two guys that are rushing the passer and everyone else is a minus pass rusher, that's not going to work. You need at least average guys elsewhere along the line. It can't just be Chris Jones and Justin Houston, as good as they are. And they are very good when everyone else is a minus two guys doesn't work it's like you're playing you know if you were playing a basketball game two on five and you had two really great players it's still not going to work out very well because you just you can't get it done in a sport like football with only a couple of guys and so I'm looking for guys that can help improve the pass rush as well another guy that's a little more under the radar would be Daquan Jones for the uh, formerly of the Titans he's he's a decent player he's decent against the run he's decent against the pass and that's all I'm looking for for right now, someone who can provide some pass rush at a fairly consistent level. Because the problem with like Alan Bailey is he's not consistent with it. Nacho barely does it. Benny Logan couldn't do it. It just it's not consistent enough and they're not getting enough help. You could tell the games where say like Alan Bailey had a good matchup and he did pretty well rushing the passer, or when D Ford was healthy and he had a good matchup and he did pretty well rushing the passer, suddenly the pass rush became scary because they had multiple guys. That's one thing that changed against Oakland in the second game. One reason they had such a good game is Alan Bailey and Jarvis Jenkins both had good games rushing the passer. And it makes all the difference in the world when you've got three or four guys instead of just two guys. Um, Speaking of Jarvis Jenkins, he's a guy I'd bring back on the cheap. Um, The Chiefs need defensive line depth, and he did some decent things particularly when it comes to getting a little bit of pressure on the quarterback. So he's a guy I would go to. Obviously, everyone's talking about Sheldon Richardson. He's a guy I'd take a chance on. He's another guy who's he's good against the run. He's good getting pressure on the quarterback. Getting that combination is important. However, there's one thing that has changed today that is causing me to just doubt all my prior takes. And I'm just, I'm not saying this is a great idea, but it feels like a good idea the rumors are that Ndamukong Sue is going to get cut. And now that I've said just that name, there are some of you that are like, oh, good God, Seth. And I have already tuned me out. But don't! Here's the thing. His contract was not palatable. It's not the kind of contract that was really going to work out for a defensive player. Similar to, and I love Justin Houston as a player, but when you're paying a guy 21, 20 million bucks a year that's a defender, it's tough for an individual defender to live up to that contract. It's very, very tough. Because even elite defenders have quiet games. You know, you can look at people talk about Houston, but you look at Khalil Mack and Von Miller last year, People, they were still dominant. They still did a great job. But unless you're taking over every single game, and almost no defensive player does that, it's tough to justify that kind of price tag. And that's where Sue ended up at. Now, here's the thing. He's not that young. He doesn't necessarily fit the profile of what Brett Veach is doing. Um, He also, you know, has picked up some personal foul penalties and all that kind of stuff. I would just say this, though. Ndamukin Sue is the kind of guy that if you sign him, that signing alone, when you have a talented defense, like let's say if the Chiefs' defense was lousy, right? They didn't have anyone else good. That could not completely turn around the defense. But when you already have talented guys like Justin Houston and Chris Jones up front, having Sue with them can completely remake your front seven. 
It really can. He's a monster against the run. He's a monster rushing the passer. He is a guy that you can pay. No, you can't pay him $20 million a year. But you can pay him $15 million a year. And you will not regret it. If he's the big signing that you make, you will not regret that, provided it's not a ridiculous amount of money. So honestly, that and you know that now every single fan of every single team is thinking this right now, right? Oh, we got to go get Sue. And there are a lot of teams with a lot more cap space than the Chiefs that can throw ridiculous money at him again. And so do I think it's likely? No. Would I make a phone call if I were the Chiefs? Absolutely I would. That is a guy who can help. Now, if you're going farther back on the defense, you know, we're, we're, we're changing the levels here. There are a few inside linebackers that I'm interested in, but nothing too crazy. I, I, for me, I would just bring back KPL and, and, and see what happens, um, partly because the position isn't terribly important. However, there are a couple guys out there that could get me excited. That one I'm not going to cover too in depth right now just because I don't see it being an area they're active. Now, of course, that means they're going to sign, you know, three big names or something like that. So that'll be fun. We'll all make fun of how wrong I am. Um, the next place I would go, besides defensive line, as far as the Chiefs go, from everything I'm I'm seeing, I think the Chiefs are bringing back D Ford. I'd like them to bring in an edge guy, but I'm not sure I see it happening. If they were desperate to bring in an edge guy, they would have traded for Robert Quinn. But now it's come out that Quinn was available when they traded Peters, and they said thanks, but no thanks. That, to me, says we're going to bring back D Ford, and we think Passanio is going to be our guy. Maybe they like Daddy Nicholas too. Who knows? So the next place I would look would be corner. Right now, the Chiefs group is Kendall Fuller, who I love, Amerson, who I'm okay with, and Steven Nelson, who I'm okay with. And then after that, you got a bunch of question marks. I would bring back Terrence Mitchell because I think he can provide quality depth at that fourth or fifth corner spot. However, I would like to see them get someone in there to compete with Amerson and Fuller, especially because both of them are on very cheap contracts. I would like them to make an offer to Kyle Fuller, force the Bears to match, or they could go to uh, to Prince Amukamara. That would be a guy he played well last year. I don't know if he fits with regards to the youth movement as well. I do like the idea of Morris Claiborne, a guy who can play well in press coverage. And then a, a guy who, again, this would be a one-year rental. Tremont Williams is a guy that I would at least think about. He played very well last year. And it's just, again, he's a one-year rental type guy. But for me, while they try to figure out the rest of the corner position, I want to make sure that they don't have lousy corner play like they had everywhere except Marcus Peters for a lot of last year. Now, Steven Nelson being back and healthy, that made a big difference down the stretch. And so that should help. David Amerson should help. Because what happened was, and if you were paying attention, you saw this, coverage for the Chiefs got much better when Revis came in and got acclimated to the system, and when Steven Nelson got healthy. The pass defense became much less bad when that happened. So they don't necessarily need stars. So even where they're landing right now, even without Marcus Peters, I think Fuller, Amerson, Nelson is a better trio than what they had for the vast majority of last season. Um, because I think I think Amerson and Nelson are better than anyone the Chiefs were trotting out up until Nelson came back and Revis played fairly decently in coverage. So I, I want to see them add competition. It's not the end of the world, but I would like to see them add someone who can come in and help. Now, in my perfect world, and I've talked about this, I would love for them to bring in like a Kyle Fuller or even a Malcolm Butler or someone who's a starting caliber corner. 
who you can be comfortable with, who it's not like, well, if he, if he, if he, if it's the good version of him, he, they'll do real well, like with Amerson, right? Or with Steven Nelson, where it's like, yeah, he's decent, but he's not great. Now we'll see if Nelson has a career year this year. He's got talent. He's pretty sticky in coverage. He works well out of the slot. But again, there's some ifs there. I would like for them to bring in at least another guy with talent who can push everyone, you know, like, you know, the whole you must be this high to ride the roller coaster. Yeah, I want a guy who can push guys to be past that height level, if that makes sense. And so that's that's the next place I would go. Then safety. Safety is, in my opinion, especially with them cutting Ron Parker, I would like to see them make a decent signing here, like an Eric Reed or perhaps a Trey Boston or a Tyvon Branch, someone who you know can come in and play. I don't necessarily trust Sorensen, even in a more limited role. He spooked me with what I saw this last year. Eric Berry coming back is obviously a huge deal. I'm not sure what that means for Eric Murray. Murray is interesting because he flashed some ability, but he also flashed some very specific weaknesses. He wasn't particularly good in zone coverage. He got sucked up too often, in my opinion. And as far as man coverage goes, he really struggled against bigger, stronger tight ends. And he really got exposed, say, against the Raiders. Now, that probably won't be his role if he's the guy who's going to replace Ron Parker. But I'm not super comfortable with it. And so I'd love to see the Chiefs bring someone in there. And some of the names I gave there, like a, a Reed or a Boston or a Branch, I think those are guys who could come in and immediately upgrade the position, especially Eric Reed, and play very, very well. Now I know everyone, well, will they sign Eric Reed because he kneeled for the anthem, blah, 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 blah. I have no idea, okay? I'm not going to even start to address that issue. Because I personally disagree with some people about the reasoning as to why Marcus Peters is no longer a Chief. So... It's what I would do. I would call him up because I do think, you know, if you believe the rumors with regards to Houston, I do think there are some owners who won't sign him. And so his market could be a little bit muted and you could maybe get a very, very good safety for pretty cheap. And that would help the defense out immensely because Bob Sutton's defense works at its best when you've got multiple versatile, talented safeties. And so that's kind of a broad view of what I'm hoping to see happen. So while I was yammering, I was away from the uh, I was away from 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 Twitter for a bit, and all I'm seeing so far is still just Anthony Sherman. So we'll see what happens at noon here. It could get pretty crazy. In the meantime, I'm going to answer a couple of your mailbag questions, and we're going to just roll out today. And so I'm going to. I you you guys are just uh you guys are so great providing me with mailbag questions. I really appreciate you. Josh Webb asked, Do you think Shaquem Griffin would fit Sutton's hybrid linebacker safety role that Daniel Sorensen was so bad at last year? No, I don't. I think he's an edge rusher. I think he's a a, a specific for certain situations edge rusher guy, and I think he'll be pretty good at it. If he fell to the fourth or fifth round, I say you take a flyer on him for sure. Um let's see. Uh, a Seth, hi, I love your name, Seth, asked, what are your thoughts on moving Irving to tight end, maybe a Jason Dunn light? I'd love that. One interesting thing, when I watched the uh, the Denver game, you know, I noticed Irving a little less than I thought I would. And so maybe this idea of getting him to swing tackle might actually work out. As far as moving him to tight end, personally, when I look at what his strengths and weaknesses are, I think that would be a good move. Um, have him drop down another 15, 20 pounds, which he looks like he's got the frame to do that. Strength is his issue, but if suddenly he's a big tight end, that's kind of a different deal. And so I personally would like that move, but then you need to get yourself a backup swing tackle, and those can be expensive, so I'm not sure they actually do it. Steven asks, free agency, how did the Chiefs land in cap 
hell. Are we destined for it again? What's the floor with Peyton Manning 15? Do you agree with tying coats around your waist? Holy crap, that's a lot of questions, Steven. All right, I'll answer them all, but they're all going to be short. How did the Chiefs land in cap hell? John Dorsey signed a number of bad contracts. He overpaid for guys who weren't good enough to be overpaid. That's it. Are we destined for it again? I don't think so. I think Brett Veach has more of a plan in mind. I do want them to be up against the cap, though, because I think now is the time. What's the floor for PM15? The same floor for any other really talented quarterback. Wildly inconsistent. That, that's, that's the floor is a non-good NFL starter. And that just is what it is. Do I think that's what he'll hit? No, I don't. Do I agree with tying coats around my waist? I personally don't do it, but if you're confident enough, you can do whatever fashion statement you want. And so, looking down, we've got a few more and just a couple more minutes we've got time to do. And so, what Nicholas Johnson asked, what's your biggest takeaway from what happens before free agency even begins? Mostly regards with your free agency plan articles. My plans are basically out of the window. That's uh, that's pretty much it. It's over. Um, I had a bunch of suggestions, and they barely took any of them. And so, whatever. You know, my plans are only so good. I did some of the cuts that I suggested they made, but those ones were all pretty obvious. Um, Adam Ewey. Sorry if I butchered that, Adam. Who will be the DC in 2019? Honestly, my gut tells me Bob Sutton. And y'all are not going to like that. But I think it's what's going to happen. Um, Rocky, but maybe not. You know, you guys sometimes make me laugh with your names. I don't know what many of them mean, but I like them. Which splash signing do you think is the most likely to happen with the Chiefs? Sammy Watkins at this point. That's where I see the most uh, smoke around. I wouldn't call Mo Wilkerson necessarily a splash signing. Well, maybe I would. Maybe I'll change my answer to Mo. No, I'm just going to hedge instead. I'm going to say Watkins or Mo because those are where you've seen the most smoke. But I do think you'll see a couple signings that are just completely out of nowhere. If anything we know about Brett Veach is that he is aggressive and he has a plan. And so I'm excited to see what he does. And so I don't know if the Chiefs plan on being big players in free agency. I hope they do. Mostly because it's exciting to watch happen, right? Uh, Even though we don't know how it'll translate to the field, it's always exciting to see your team sign guys. So I'm going to be waiting with bated breath just like the rest of you guys. I'm excited about all this. By the time you're listening to this, you can laugh at how inaccurate some of my takes are. It'll be a whole lot of fun. I appreciate you guys listening as always. This has been the Chief in the North, the land of 10,000 takes. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review. You guys have been great about that. It does make a difference. Um, This is is just always a privilege to talk Chiefs with you guys. We'll do it again next week, and I'll speak at you then. (laughs) 